Welcome back to the News and Views Radio Network. We get a chance to visit with Dr. Mark Hagerot. Now, he is the chancellor for the North Dakota University System. Um, you know, he served on the faculty and numerous academic leaderships in the United States Naval Academy. That's been a while now. Uh, but Chancellor Hagerot is talking about and working with a five-state consortium. Uh, that's he he's helping lead about about what can happen in terms of higher education. Chancellor Hagerock, good to have you back on News and Views. Oh, thanks for having me. Always enjoy it. Tell me what this five state consortium is being set up to do. Well, thanks for a great question. Um, if people don't realize, you know, our economy is under massive change, and eighty percent of the venture capital. Uh, in America is going to about four states. And and what happens is smaller states like ours, they kind of pat us on the head and say, you know, you're just not big enough to get this money. And so five states got together, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, Wyoming, and Idaho, and formed uh, just in December a um, an alliance uh, where we can compete together and get to scale for these big research grants and to lure companies in um, into our region. Because, you know, after COVID, we learned that you can research, teach, write, and work at distance, right? So the idea you got to have some big city to come to is now proven to be false. So that's what we're doing, partnering with these five states uh, to better compete to build a new economy for our kids. So you're talking about an overall competition that states like us with partnerships would be able to compete nationally. And yet the the individuals you're talking about sometimes compete against each other for students, for yeah, people. I right. mean, how do you how do you weigh this? How do you balance that? Yeah, um, it is um, It's one of those things where there'll be some things we still compete in, obviously football games and other stuff. Um, but, but there's a massive bill, the biggest research bill in history, just passed um, the U.S. House and Senate before Christmas, the Chips and Science Bill. You know, we're in an arms race with the Chinese and chips and advanced technology, um, energy technology, feeding the world. And this bill, almost $250 billion, is going to be going out. And uh, thanks to Senator Hoban and, um, and some of the other senators in our region, there is provision for a rural um, economic research engine, economic development hub, uh, there'll be nine others across the country. So we're, we're we're focused very much in partnering to build that rural hub with our five states. Uh, but, yeah, there'll always be some other competition. But but we have so much in common in this part of the country, right? I mean, nine of ten uh, Republican senators, uh, Republican legislators, conservative values. Uh, we're willing to do defense research uh, up here and just, you know, wonderful homes, schools, neighborhoods to attract um, researchers who want to live here. So, so it's it's about an alliance for the future and this big bill coming out of Washington. So are we all looking at the right model as you talk to these other states? Uh, I remember when when advertisements came on years ago, Chancellor. Now I'm not trying to compare that you don't offer some of these same things now, but years ago when it when it became, hey, you can learn online, you can get your degree from so and so a place. We all laughed about it. Uh, because we we all thought, well, this is a degree that isn't going to mean that much. Uh, that that the degrees that they're offering don't meet the standard uh, of the institutions like you and I are thinking of instantly. And yet, people went there. They got those degrees. Uh, they, they focused on specifically what they wanted, rather than this whole well-rounded education. Is what I'm building up to, Chancellor Hagerod, is 
Is the new model for higher ed different than when you took over as chancellor? Has it become more narrow? Has it become more specific? And has it become more accessible without ever having your feet on the campus? Well, you teed up with several good questions. Um, you know, for, for traditional 18, 19-year-olds, they do value going to a college, having the, the dorm experience, building connections, meeting a future spouse, right? But if you're a working adult, and, and this economy is changing in front of our very eyes, right? I, I mean, and you're a working adult, kids at home, um, you, you can't pack up and, and, and move 200 miles to a university. You've got to be able to take these courses, you know, online, um, you know, maybe while, you know, a, a, an infant sleeping in the other room, right? And so, so COVID has shown that, that we really are getting the technology now where you can have quality courses. And I commend, you know, many of our campuses here in the state, UND was the first to have the highest accredited engineering program online in the country years ago. These are hard to accredit programs. Uh, and so, so we want to offer both. We want to bring people to our state and just, you know, higher ed for your listeners is the single biggest recruiter in this workforce crisis. Almost 13,000 out-of-state people come here to go to our schools. Their families come and visit. They see the place that's great to live. So we want to do both, bring people here, socialize our kids, um, and also meet people online if they've got to work at a distance on their schoolwork. But one other point I'd make, and I think you as a journalist would appreciate this, you know, we're in a massive, massive uh, battle on cultural values and ideas. And so we want politics, economics, history, literature, right? And, and that's the other thing. These five states get to scale on, on those type of issues, too. You know, the law school's partnering, perhaps. The political science department's partnering. Um, so we have a seat at the table that hey, we can host a conference with five states and several million people and a billion dollars in research. Let's have our discussion of what does advanced technology mean for, you know, youth addictions, you know, on the Internet instead of letting Silicon Valley tell us what to think about these things. So how do you gauge winning and losing when it comes to all of this, this consortium, this this group of people that you're getting out there to get ahead and, and meet the the new future of, of higher education? I mean, is it, you know, look at NDSU, for example. This is probably the best way I can phrase this question. You know, we continue to build infrastructure. We continue to make the campus more modern. We continue to do all of that thing, but yet enrollment is down. And so how do we gauge that? Is it by distance learning, Chancellor Hagerod, or what? Explain this to me, what the overall yeah. vision well, is. Well, before I get on the overall higher ed model, um, this alliance is just the building block for the governor. The governor endorsed the next level in his state of the state address because it, for the business people listening and the farmers, this is about creating workforce and helping you build the new economy, like digital agriculture, unmanned systems, advanced engineering in the oil fields. So the governor has, has endorsed this in his speech that they go to the next level of the chambers of commerce, um, the banks, the um, uh, commerce departments, uh, you know, in the five states have to come together next. OK, and to, so we can build a hub. So the first measure of success is do we win this rural hub that no city metropolitan area can be over 200,000 people I want to thank Senator Hoban for that it means we don't have to compete with New York. Right. They want rural America to benefit. And I give credit to the head of NSF for that National Science Foundation. So that's the first gauge. Do we successfully compete for that? Uh, and we have four of the low population states in the country, but Vermont and West Virginia could also grab this thing. So to your second question is, is how do we gauge success? 
You know, NDSU is retooling now. Uh, President Cook is doing a great job, but NDSU made a deliberate decision for years not to embrace the larger online space. The reality is um, UND has been growing in the face of the COVID recession because they're reaching adult learners, you know, moms that can't come to Fargo or Grand Forks. So um, I believe Dr. Cook is making a commitment to expand this wonderful university, and their brand is national recognition to people who want to go to school online in NDSU and they want to live in Abilene, Kansas, right, you know? So um, so that's part of it, you know? But we still want a vibrant downtown campus experience for the thousands who want to come there. And, uh, and so we've we got to do both now, right? The world's emerging. What does Zuckerberg call it, the metaverse? It, it's here. It's a real place. People are in the game world many hours a day making money, selling things. And that's probably where online education goes into the metaverse for people who want to get, get it there. Well, and, and when, when I saw this, we're talking about North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, Wyoming, Idaho. Uh, we're talking about partnerships that form in delivering higher education. You know, I know when the university kicked in in North Dakota and everyone used to have this equal say, uh, you know, the, the two-year institutions versus the four-year institutions. And, you know, when, when the higher ed system broke those down and said, look, they're, they're not all the same. You know, we need to look at them individually and find out exactly what the needs are, what the vision are, but they're not all the same. Trade and tech is different than a bachelor's degree. Um, does this now, involving all of these institutions, does this recognize that there are some institutions that mirror each other, whether it be SDSU, whether it be USD, whether it be Montana State or Montana, for example? Yeah, well, um, part of this, I'm going to share with you, that the president of one of the uh, five states, the university, said the Silicon Valley people collected at one of the places, I don't want to give it away too much, but somewhere in Montana, Wyoming. They love this idea because they said Silicon Valley, too, is wherever there's talent and research and workforce. And so what we'd envision, let's say, is NDSU becomes a leader for digital agriculture, partnering with South Dakota State and Montana State, right? Then uh, military, North Dakota, South Dakota, we welcome military. I can tell you as a military guy, there's universities that don't want to do military research. They want to let somebody else defend their country. Well, guess what? U.S. Air Force, Cyber Command, Space Force, come here, and we'll build a consortium around UND and University of Montana, and Wyoming's got the supercomputing center. So we want to recognize the differences and the relative advantages of each, but then partner them to get to scale. Um, you know, here's another thought for you. You know, there's a lot of political correctness going on in the cancel culture. If you're a conservative professor doing defense research and then you try to go to a liberal university, you may not get tenure. With our five states, you never have to leave our region. You know, be an assistant professor at NDSU, a full professor at South Dakota, be a department chair in Montana and come back and be a dean at NDSU again. You know, so, you know, I hate to say it, but our country is kind of fragmenting around you know, regions and, and politics, you know, we'll still always be a nation, but, but, you know, the Supreme Court decisions are making it very clear. The states are the ultimate arbiter on whether it's online gambling or abortion, right? And it's, I think it's going to be similar with defense research, animal research, um, energy, right? I mean, we've got to keep researching energy for the oil countries to keep the lights on for people. So I hope I'm answering your question, but rephrase it if you need to. You are, but it, it throws up some red flags because with that comes money. And it comes taxpayer money. So, Chancellor, you've always been approachable about this. Hang with me. Uh, a couple more questions, but I've got to get. Sure. I'm glad to, to stay on longer. You yeah. bet. We've got Chancellor Hagerot from the North Dakota University System. And I want to say these before. 
the chancellor goes away because uh, it wouldn't be fair to him to read these afterwards. Uh, a couple of them coming. It said Chance- Chancellor Hagerot has gone very right wing. Uh, Hillsdale, baby. Another one. Our chancellor is right wing thinker and talker to the core. Uses Fox speaker and that's a problem. It needs to be non-political. Another one. Tell the chancellor it's not just moms. There are a lot of dads who pick up um, their lives and move to Fargo and Grand Forks. He always refers to moms when he talks. Makes him sound a little old-fashioned. Chancellor, like I said, I'm not going to read these after you're off air because I want you to be able to address them. Sure. Well, you know, um, I, I've actually I've, I've never joined a political party. I'm a military guy, but I do live in a very conservative state. Uh, our neighbors are conservative. Um, and so, um, you know, my dad's a farmer, you know, North Dakota, we've been here since before 1885. So, so yeah, I am pretty conservative when you're a military guy, when you've been to Afghanistan, you've seen the carnage the collapse, you know, um, you've seen the disruptions in, 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 in our value systems that I am pretty, you know, traditional on those things, you know, um, I testified against the online gambling, right? I don't think it's good for our kids. So, 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 but at the same time, just be sure your listeners know, uh, you know, I'm not in the Republican Party. Um, and, um, and, and, you know, so uh, on that point, what was the second point? Well, oh, about moms and dads. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We need to help young men, which is why I testified on the gambling bill. Young men, 18 to 24, are the most vulnerable. So I want to protect young men and help them in their careers, too. So, yeah. Chancellor, um, but I want to make one. Chancellor, I'm, I, can you hang in with us? I'm just about out of time, and I don't want you to not be able to make your point. I mean, this is the time we allotted, but can you hang with for just a little bit longer? Sure. All right. Yeah, I'll uh, see you a couple more. Got a couple of things to say. Yeah, you, go ahead. You bet. Chancellor Hagerot, we want to make sure he gets a chance. Stick around. More coming your way here on News and Views. Let's get to the Chancellor, Mark Hagerod, who gave us a little bit extra time. Chancellor, a lot of people, I'm just going to put, uh, you know, rather than read specifically, a lot of people thinking that the model of higher education is changing and that with that change, uh, they want North Dakota, Montana, and I think they're glad uh, that you're partnering with a number of these institutions. But the one thing that's being said is, is that in our institutions of higher ed, we haven't worked specifically what each one offers. They all offer the same thing. And I'm curious what you think about that uh, vis-a-vis, hey, this one's got the nursing program, this one's got the engineering program, or should they both offer that? And I'm curious what you think, Chancellor. Yeah, uh, thanks. Um, you know, we addressed this issue Gosh, I, I'm starting my ninth year in June here um, of, hey, avoid duplication, duplication. And then finally, our president studied the issue. And to use a little alliteration, Williston is not Wapiton. They are entirely different economies, right? You know, and Williston needs to build expanded hospital. They need nurses up there. So guess what? There are nursing programs at multiple campuses. And we have a collaborative thing called the Dakota Nursing so that we can get to scale, right? Uh, same thing with digitization. It's affecting everywhere. NDSU has a high-ranked computer science department, but now Bismarck and Minot have both won the NSA awards because we need computer programmers outside the airbase. And and again, back to the points, a lot of stay-at-home dads and moms can't move to Fargo, right? And so we're using online with our Dakota Digital Academy to link people together, share courses, the nursing uh, collaborative, um, Dakota Nursing. So So each one has to do um, what the local economy needs, and then big programs like aerospace. There's only one 
campus, UND, that has a leading aerospace space program, right? There's only one that has digital agriculture. That's NDSU. But, but you know, we found that 34% of the kids that leave the West, come to the East, don't come back. And we don't want to depopulate the West through the higher ed system. So that's what we're doing more of the Polytechnic and Bismarck and a dual mission model in Dickinson. But don't let me get off without mentioning some of the legislative session, if you can, if you've only got a minute left. No, I no, talk no. About that go briefly. ahead, Chancellor. I mean, you've answered yeah. those questions. Go ahead. Take your shot. Okay. So the higher ed system is the number one recruiter of out-of-state students. We are the ones that help make good citizens and, and train 18, 19-year-olds into adult workers and then retrain people. But we are now confronted with massive challenges that's beyond the tools and the toolkit for our presidents. And so we brief the legislature. They're listening carefully. Uh, but this inflation thing is absolutely devastating. We've lost the last 10 years of real salary increases. And um, and part of the reason we're, we're partnering with the five states is the big states come to recruit our people away during these times. So we need our legislators to support us with helping with past inflation. Um, we also need to help the students, right? The students are under great pressure. Uh, we had UND economist study that when you have inflationary environment, here's a what, drum roll. Parents prioritize heat, fuel for transportation, food, and clothing. Retraining and education becomes a luxury good. So just at the time we need our kids to get retrained and educated, they cut back. And if we don't get support from the legislature, we're going to have to raise tuition significantly. So it's a crucial time in the legislature. They're a very thoughtful bunch. And if you have any doubts of, of these things, look what Minnesota has just proposed, $350 million for tuition support, uh, expanded programs. And we've got uh, Cindy Schreiberbeck proposing an innovation fund. Um, we've got uh, a proposal for a oil workforce scholarship to help bring oil workers here. So we are trying to adapt the best we can. But if you can talk to your legislators and explain to them, you know, what you're feeling with inflation and, and what it's going to mean if they can help us a little bit more in this legislative cycle. See, this is the first place uh, that you and I will disagree a little bit, which is I don't think they're thoughtful. Uh, I think that you're smart to say it. Uh, but I don't think they're thoughtful. I think that that if I were higher ed, what I'd want to do by this end of the session is simply survive it and keep my funding where it is, even though it's increased. Because uh, the governor, uh, when he very first ran uh, to be a legislator, one of the things he was the most critical on was higher education. Uh, and our model for higher education in the in the United States. If you look at K-12 education, he's looking at, and he is one of the driving forces behind eliminating some of these superintendents, uh, is the model. Well, if I that, could just jump in, Joel, yeah, I, think he's had, I, I think he's had a, a change of heart. He's endorsed this five-state alliance. He's put $50 million into the challenge grant. Um, he has proposed a, a six and four pay raise. Um, but I just I, for your listeners who are critical of higher ed, higher ed has had only a one percent increase in a decade in real dollars. We have held the line. We have laid off or eliminated eight hundred positions. So now is the time to reinvest in higher education. And I think both uh, you know there's Democrats and Republicans on both sides supporting higher ed. So so I know you you've got some scar tissue from working with with some legislators, but I think they're seeing the need to invest and help us with inflation. 
Okay. Um, and our uh, presidents did a great job explaining it. Let me ask it uh, in this way, Chancellor Hagerod, from from what is a, a visual. Uh, I know the job that NDSU does, and and I think that it turns out absolutely great students, one of which I get to work with daily in, in Abbey. But that being said, when I drive by the campus, we're building, we're building, and we're building, and yet student population is reducing. Should we be building all the infrastructure we need for a traditional degree when we're losing students or even the model is changing? Well, you know, you're right. The enrollment peaked around 2011 and 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 that's what Dr. Cook and the Alumni Foundation, they're all focused. They're rolling up their sleeves to turn that around. And I, I really think um, the, the reason for that is they hadn't embraced this, this emergence of a whole new world, right? And all the young people know this. The, the whole world's changing with this new world of the metaverse online. There's little universities that are calling the metaverse university. Go online, walk down the street with your Oculus glasses on, and walk into your classroom. So I think once NDSU you know, right-sizes some of the programs, orients, I think they, they just got an incredible brand recognized across the country. I think they'll be fine, but we've got to dig out of, of a few years of, of, you know, lack of adaptation. Well, and I don't mean to single out NDSU. It's just one of the jewels of higher education, and it's where the numbers are. Uh, I mean, it really is. So, Chancellor, last word comes from you. Uh, anything you want to put out there? Well, I just say, especially for your Red River Valley listeners, please support your legislators, the higher ed budget, because Minnesota's got a bullseye on our students, right? We bring 10,000 plus from Minnesotans. They love coming here. But if they pass that $350 million plus up, it's going to be directed to get them back across the border. So, so you know, explain to your legislators how important higher ed adaptation in these inflationary times is. So I, thanks I, very much. You bet. I want to thank the access, uh, Chancellor, and obviously tough questions. And, and we will have more uh, during this session. But uh, the people on this network and all of these family of radio stations need to hear it. So appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. You bet. Mark Hagerot, ladies and gentlemen.